0: The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network, Buzz Burbank, news Incoming. comment. Monday, August 29th, 2016. From the one-man worldwide newsroom, this is free and independent news on a commercial-free Monday, made possible when you support the shows and sponsors at buzzburbank.com. It was a scary weekend for air travel. A Southwest flight from New Orleans to Orlando had to make an emergency landing in Pensacola, Florida Saturday after passengers watched one of the engines explode as the plane flew over the open waters of the Gulf. The plane with over a 100 people on board landed safely in Pensacola after the oxygen masks had dropped. Two United Airline pilots, meanwhile, were arrested in Glasgow, Scotland as they prepared to take passengers to New Jersey. Both men, still unidentified, were stopped from boarding after they tested over the legal limit for blood alcohol. Concerns about the pilots have been raised by other crew members. Both pilots have been removed from duty, and the investigation is underway. Two people are missing after a small plane crashed in Lake Pontchartrain just north of New Orleans. It happened during a Cessna training flight Saturday night. One female passenger was rescued, and she's in a hospital. And passengers at LAX were evacuated last night after false reports of shots being fired near three of the terminals. Some people fell as they tried to rush out of the building. Flights were held for a half hour until police determined there had been no gunfire. Don't you just hate it when you're down to your last week of your seven-week summer vacation? If so, then you know just how our Washington lawmakers feel. They skipped town six weeks ago without having finished their work. They have their work cut out for them when they return, assuming they bother to do it. President Obama says their first order of business is to fund the fight against the Zika virus. He'd given Congress a proposal early in the year, but quoting the president, they said no. Instead, says Mr. Obama, we were forced to use resources we need to keep fighting Ebola, cancer, and other diseases. We took that step, says Obama, because we have a responsibility to protect the American people, but that's not a sustainable solution. He says Congress's failure to act has real-world consequences, namely, putting Americans at risk. Also waiting for the lawmakers when they return on September 6th, Rick Scott, the Republican governor of Florida, where at least 43 Zika cases have been recorded. Nationally, the FDA is recommending the entire nation's blood supply be tested for the virus. When it finally returns from its long summer break, Congress will have four weeks to finally do something meaningful about Zika— If they fail again, we'll have to wait for their return from another vacation, this one six weeks long. That vacation will be about campaigning for re-election, whether the Zika problem's been addressed or not. Florida's theme parks, including Disney, Universal, Bush Gardens, and SeaWorld have started offering free mosquito repellent. It's being offered at all Disney facilities, including its hotels. No cases have been reported in either Orlando or Tampa, but one case turned up in nearby Pinellas County, in addition to the 42 cases in Miami-Dade County. There's concern now about standing water in Florida, of which there'll be plenty after this week. A storm called Tropical Depression 9 has rounded the tip of Florida, preparing to move north toward the Sunshine State's west coast. Another tropical storm formed in the Atlantic headed for the Carolinas. After months of retweeting posts from white supremacists, Donald Trump now says he doesn't want their support. Trump is now trying to distance himself from the hate groups he failed to discourage earlier in the campaign. He's doing that after a week of trading charges of racism with Hillary Clinton. Trump called Clinton a bigot for promoting policies she knows won't work, making proposals simply to garner the minority vote. Clinton called out Trump for his past online association with white supremacists and anti-Semites, including the Ku Klux Klan. Now Trump says he does not want the support of hate groups. This is not about hate, said Trump. This is about love. We love our country. We want our country to come back, he said. As for his endorsement from former KKK leader David Duke, Trump now says, I disavow, okay? At first, Trump had failed to disavow that endorsement, saying, I don't know anything about what you're even talking about, so I don't know. Clinton spent much of last week connecting the dots between Trump and hate groups, but it didn't seem to help her poll numbers. UPI's seven-day tracking poll, updated daily, shows Trump led Clinton in the polls by nearly a point for two days running, Thursday and Friday. Trump had gained four points over the week, while Clinton had lost a little over three points. The race debate had failed to distract voters from Clinton's ongoing email troubles. A conservative group known as Judicial Watch had seen to that. Judicial Watch has been after Clinton for months, filing lawsuit after lawsuit to get hold of documents from her time as Secretary of State. Now, one of those lawsuits has persuaded a federal judge to order the State Department to release 15,000 emails that may or may not have been among the 30,000 Clinton had released earlier. There could be many duplicates since these so-called new emails are from the archives of people who got emails from Clinton. Even combined, those 45,000 emails do not include the 33,000 Clinton says she deleted because they were personal and not work-related. But this latest batch of released emails does include some about Benghazi. Without commenting on the latest developments, Clinton has repeated her apology for using a private server for public business and says she would never do a thing like that again. On Saturday, Clinton made the 20-minute drive from her house to the FBI's field office in White Plains, New York. She was there for her first classified intelligence briefing since she left the State Department, and her first as candidate for president. Since the 1950s, presidential candidates from both the leading parties have gotten these briefings, although this year Clinton and Trump tried to keep each other from getting them. Clinton argued Trump was too much of a loose cannon to have that sensitive information. Trump argued Clinton couldn't be trusted because of her poorly secured emails. But the FBI refused to exclude either candidate in the interest of neutrality. Now both candidates have been briefed, and unless something new develops, it'll be their only briefing before the election. Both briefings lasted about two hours, although Trump brought two advisors to his, Chris Christie, and his national security adviser, a retired lieutenant general. The Obama administration is asking the Supreme Court to leave it alone. The Justice Department's asking the high court to let stand a lower court ruling that struck down North Carolina's new voter restriction law. That's the law an appeals court said targeted black voters, quote, with almost surgical precision. The Republican-backed law requires photo IDs that many minority voters and others don't have, and it cut the early voting and Election Day registration on which many of those voters rely because of their work schedules. Republicans cling to the mantra of preventing voter fraud, but the appeals court said the state was addressing a problem that doesn't exist and did so after lawmakers knew the effect it would have on minorities who mostly vote Democrat. When North Carolina's law was struck down, the governor filed an emergency request with the Supreme Court to set aside the ruling. Now the Obama Justice Department is asking the Supreme Court to uphold the appeals court ruling. The feds say North Carolina's appeal hardly constitutes An emergency ruling. And a federal judge has knocked down yet another Tar Heel state law, at least as it pertains to the University of North Carolina. The judge ruled in favor of two students and a professor, transgenders, who challenged the state's so-called bathroom law. That's the law that bans transgenders from using public restrooms and locker rooms that suit their gender identities. Friday, a federal judge put a freeze on the North Carolina law, at least on the UNC campus but the judge also said he expected the teacher and the two students would succeed in their overall challenge of the law. Like the Education Department in Washington, this federal judge in North Carolina says the state's bathroom law appears to violate Title IX, the federal law that bans sex discrimination in schools that get taxpayer dollars. But North Carolina's governor says as far as he's concerned, the bathroom restriction law still stands. North Carolina Republicans are standing firm on their law, even though it's lost over $100 million from the NBA. Pro basketball pulled its 2017 All-Star game out of Charlotte after state lawmakers refused to repeal the bathroom law. That law has made North Carolina the target of other boycotts as well. Now in its fourth year with over 3 million downloads, this is Buzz Burbank News and Comment on the Realm Network. There is a suspect in custody for the murders of two nuns in Mississippi late last week, Over the weekend, police picked up 46-year-old Rodney Earl Sanders, whom they said had been a person of interest from the start. Sanders became more of a suspect when he failed to show up for work. He has now confessed, but police say they still don't know a motive. Well over $2 million worth of heroin successfully made its way across the Mexican border into Texas and then across the U.S. to Westchester County, New York. But the successful drug smuggling stopped there, because it was there in Westchester County that a three-month narcotics investigation paid off. Officers finding the heroin inside a semi-tractor trailer axle that had been welded shut. Quoting a prosecutor, more than a half million packets of potentially lethal heroin were prevented from hitting the streets. Investigators had listened in on phone conversations that included one about how much money the heroin would make. The two men arrested are being held without bail. And although that heroin got across the border, over $3 million in cash did not. Just south of San Diego, the Border Patrol arrested two men who had driven in tandem two cars containing more than $3 million in U.S. currency, vacuum-sealed. It's the most cash ever seized at the border, caught before it made its way from the U.S. to Mexico. The crude man who serves as governor of Maine has made racially charged comments before, but his latest round includes graphic swearing and a challenge to fight a duel. This round started with Maine Governor Paul LePage leaving a voicemail for a state lawmaker and blaming the state's drug problems on blacks and Hispanics. Maine, like many other states, has a heroin problem. Republican Governor LePage keeps a scrapbook of newspaper clippings about drug arrests. Showing it at a town hall meeting, he declared that 90% of those arrests involved members of minorities. He referred to them as the enemy. When a Democratic lawmaker called LePage racist for those remarks, LePage left him an angry, threatening message peppered with graphic obscenities. The lawmaker gave the voicemail to a newspaper, which then published it to the embarrassment of LePage. The governor responded to that, saying that if this were a different time, he would have challenged the lawmaker to a duel. Already elected to a second and final term, LePage's job is secure for two more years, but Maine Democrats are calling on him to resign now. Perhaps you've heard through one source or another concern about the health of Hillary Clinton and its effect on her ability to serve as president. So what's that all about? Four years ago, when Clinton was secretary of state, she had a stomach bug that caused her to become dehydrated. She fainted, fell, and hit her head, resulting in a severe concussion. For a while afterwards, she had to wear special eyeglasses. Conservatives, and eventually Donald Trump, have seized upon that incident in this presidential campaign, suggesting Clinton remains damaged. The far-right, including radio conspiracy theorist Alex Jones and the once widely respected Rudy Giuliani, have said Clinton's health is failing and that she's covering up a serious illness. Trump's been telling supporters she lacks the stamina to be president. And now similar remarks have gotten Dr. Drew fired. The CNN sister channel, HLN, has given Drew Pinsky 30 days notice that his show on that network has been canceled after five seasons. The firing came after the TV doctor suggested on a morning radio show that Clinton has brain damage, saying he's gravely concerned about her health and the health care she's getting. But the controversy has been good for Jimmy Kimmel. A segment from his late-night talk show has gone viral after he challenged Clinton to open a jar of pickles, which she did. But the controversy didn't end there. Radio talker Alex Jones says the challenge was fixed, suggesting the jar was not sealed to begin with, since, according to him, there was no vacuum seal popping sound when she opened the pickle jar. If you're surprised I've spent this much time on the story, please also note that Alex Jones spent seven minutes on it. But Jimmy Kimmel got in the last word and the last laugh, quoting him, what does opening pickles even prove? I have to imagine, said Kimmel, one of the perks of being president is you never have to open pickles yourself again. Stop me if any of this sounds familiar. Billionaire Richard Branson says he's glad to be alive after a bicycle crash that occurred when he hit a bump in the road Branson was training on a bike in the Virgin Islands when, quote, the next thing I knew I was being hurled over the handlebars and my life was flashing before my eyes. I was flying headfirst toward the concrete, but fortunately my shoulder and cheek took the brunt of the impact, to which he adds, I was wearing a helmet that saved my life. As with the recent accident involving your intrepid news anchor, Branson got multiple injuries, including a black eye. And finally, yes, it's another shark story, but I promise this one's different. In One Tree Hill, Australia, police are trying to figure out how a live shark wound up in a roadside puddle well inland. A shark needs more than a puddle to live, and sadly this one didn't survive, even though it was quickly moved to a tank full of water. But it left behind a mystery about how it got there. Police are guessing it was someone's pet and got too big for them to keep. We've seen this with all kinds of exotic animals, but never a shark before. There's only one other possible explanation for a shark on mostly dry land. Sharknado. I'm Buzz Burbank. Thank you for listening and thanks for supporting the shows and sponsors at buzzburbank.com. I'll be back tomorrow with another Buzz Burbank News and Comment. buzz, buzz